out these halachot. These halachot are all talking about before Shabbos comes in, or Shabbat, whatever you want to call it. Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom, whatever you say, before Shabbos comes in, okay? So we're talking about now the halachot. What? <laughs> what, Shabbat Shalom? No, we say Shabbat Shalom. That was actually, by the way, the first tip I got of being a rabbi was Jonathan came over to me and said, when you talk to people, they feel more comfortable if you said Shabbat Shalom instead of Good Shabbos, yes. I always say Good Shabbos. So that's my, uh, you know, I had to learn, now I say Shabbat Shalom. Yes. So he says like this, as we learned in the previous section, in certain respects, one must be cognizant of potential violations of Shabbat already during the week, which is something we really don't think about before Shabbat comes in. Likewise, a person must also perform certain tasks over the course of the week in order to prepare for Shabbat. We will address some of these halachot in this section as well as later in the shir. So this is, I went through this, it's a really amazing, gives you an idea of what it means to actually make Shabbat. The beauty of these halachot to me is not just of what you have to do, but it shows you how to make Shabbat something which is an exciting highlight of the week. Not just, you know, oh, another day. To make it something which is beautiful. So he says, selecting special foods for Shabbat. According to the Mechilta, when the Torah introduces the mitzvah of Shabbat in the Ten Commandments with the term remember, this specifically implies thinking about Shabbat during the week and planning for Shabbat days in advance. Early in the week, a person should set aside appropriate foods and delicacies for Shabbat, and one should refer to the days of the week based upon the relationship to Shabbat. That's why if you'll notice when we say, Hayom Sheni Shabbat, we say the day relative to when Shabbat is coming. So the whole week we're looking forward to it. Maybe you make Shabbos plans, you invite over a buddy, you get good food, whatever it is. The Gemara goes in Masechtas Beitzah and relates how Hill and Shammai would prepare for Shabbos. Now over here, it's fascinating because Shammai, what he would do is, is everything he would see throughout the week that was a good piece of food or whatever, he would physically put it aside for Shabbos. Hillel was a man of bitachon. Hillel said every day, I know that when Shabbos is going to come, I'm going to have the food that I need. I don't have to physically worry or, or you know, prepare in that type of way. It's all going to be good. You know, he had a very live and let live mentality. We say this is one of the few times that we go by Beishamai. We don't say, oh, whatever Shabbos is going to come, whatever. We go and we physically make sure that Shabbos is a special day. You get a good whiskey, a good kugel, a good fish, whatever it is, and you make it a special day. It should be noted that to set aside one's most choice purchase earlier in the week of Shabbat is not as relevant nowadays as it once was due to the abundance of food and other items available in stores and supermarkets. So now getting to the practicality, right? Sorba always starts from the source and then we get to the practicality. So today, when you go to the supermarket, you don't have to worry on Sunday, oh my gosh, if I don't get this piece of bread, it's not going to be bread. Baruch Hashem today, it's not the issue that we have and should never be. There's going to be more bread on Friday. So you don't have to stress on Sunday like you had to. So we say practically today that since one can likely find the same delicacies in the store on Thursday or Friday, he doesn't need to set them aside earlier in the week. Rabbi Lazar Malamid and the Pnine, in the Pnine Halacha says, according to this Halacha, even today a person is required to honor Shabbat by planning ahead for Shabbat and by pur purchasing especially fine foods for it. So what does that mean? Practical Halacha today. When it comes to preparing for Shabbos, that's the end of this little piece, when it comes to preparing for Shabbos, you should get better things for Shabbos intentionally, which means you don't have to worry about it from Sunday. But today, when you go out on Friday, you should think to yourself, okay, maybe during the week we have this type of chicken or this type of meat for dinner. On Shabbos, I'm going to splurge and I'm going to get a nicer piece of meat. I'm going to get a nicer wine. 
a nicer whiskey, whatever it is, to make Shabbos a special day. And it's the, the amazing idea of it is that sometimes one might think that it has to do with your guests, right? Like, okay, like, oh, this week we're not having guests quiet in Shabbos. We'll have a little meal with crackers and baba ganoush or whatever it is. It's not about your guests. It's about Shabbos itself, that the day of Shabbos, even if you're eating alone, God forbid, for whatever reason, even if you're eating alone, you should buy nicer foods. It's not a public thing. It's the day itself. Yes. So now he brings the halachot of laundering clothing for Shabbos. Now over here, it's interesting because the Chazal goes through this. And according to the Gemara and Baba Kama, it says that you should do laundry on Thursday. And Rashi says it's because in order to honor Shabbos. So that's how it starts from the source. Now obviously today we know that laundry is vastly different than laundry was back then. We don't have to go and take it down to the river or whatever it was that they did. I'm not even sure. Like they, there was, I think they had like a laundry thing that you rub the clothes against. It was a very different uh, thing than it is today where you pop it in, you press a setting, and you throw in a Tide Pod. So what it says is, is that the Mishnah Brewer comes along and says that you should do the laundry on Thursday so that you'll be free on Friday to engage in other preparations for Shabbos. But according to the Shah Hatzium, most Akronim understand that this was mainly referring to having clean clothing for Shabbos. So when you're talking about the practical halacha today, it's mainly that whatever you put on for Shabbos, like I know many men, and maybe this is a secret, like to wear their pants 20 times, or however many times, right? You could take a pair of pants, you put it on a hook, and you just wear it again and again. For Shabbos, you make sure that the pair of pants or shirt or socks, whatever it is that you put on, is clean. So it doesn't mean you have to do the laundry on Friday, but it means your clothing should be clean for Shabbos. The more you do, the better. If you iron, if you do something that makes it special, all the better. Modern day poskims, such as Rav Yeshua Nuerth in Shmirat Shabbos Kalacha, Gehilchasa, excuse me, discuss whether this institution applies today, where laundry is done in a washing machine. Modern methods of laundering involve significantly less time and effort than doing so by hand, and the concern of being too busy on Friday is not as relevant. Others argue that regardless of whether ordinances remain in force when conditions change, one may still launder clothes on Friday. This is based on the Sharetz Yunavah, which indicates the primary goal of the ordinance is to ensure that one has clean clothes for Shabbos. So basically the idea is that he says, the psak in the end is like we said, you want to make sure you have clean clothes for Shabbos. That's the basic idea. Always to have clean, nice clothing for Shabbos. Because we have a washing machine today, you don't have to worry about it previously in the week. So, so far, we've discussed buying food and laundering clothing. Both of those, we say, do not apply today as much. What do we say applies today, as opposed to back then where they thought about Shabbos the entire week, is that today you just make sure to have better stuff for Shabbos. So when it comes to your clothing, always clean, always nice. And it comes to your food, the best on Shabbos. The best meat, the best wine, everything. Then he says, Shabbos preparations on Arab Shabbos. And over here you have some juicy halachas that we like to be very careful about. In addition to the principles discussed in the previous section, Gemara in Mesechta Shabbos says that according to the Psukim in the Torah, that a person should arise early on Friday morning in order to prepare for Shabbos. Which means Friday a person should be, it should be exciting. It should be as if you got up in the morning, I don't know if you're a football fan or the World Cup or whatever, like you get up in the morning, you're excited, you get up early and you say, ah, oh, Shabbos is coming, we're excited. And again, the beauty of this, which I think has been a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say mistaken, but a little bit misconstrued in, in recent times, is that maybe we start thinking it's because of the guests or because of the community. It's the, the, the essence of the day. You could be in the middle of the forest in the Amazon, 
and Shabbos is a holy day that is coming, that's what you're excited about, the essence of the day, not just how it relates to your company. Rashi explains how the verse cited serves as the source for rising early on Friday morning, that a person, it says in the Pasuk, and they will prepare that which they have brought immediately. They're just talking about the month. So at the time of bringing, they would do the preparation, and bringing was done early in the morning when it was Arab Shabbos. And the Shulchan Aruch paskins like this as well. Very simple. Then it says shopping for Shabbos. The postgame over here discuss the question of whether it's appropriate to go shopping for Shabbos items prior to reciting Shachris in the morning. So here's a very simple lucky question. Can you go, let's say the Minions at 7.30, and let's say the grocery store would open at 6 a.m. I don't think it does, but let's say it did, right? And you wanted to... What? What, the, the, the Tzans one? No, the, the Namahagra one. Namahagra one. So what happens? The Mahagra one on a Friday, they're open late Thursday night. They're not open that early. Yeah, so, so the question is, can you go shopping... Let's say, which is a very practical, very practical thing. Let's say exactly what you said, the buffet. And let's say in the buffet there's a special dish that everyone likes, and they go and by 7 a.m. it's sold out. Because everyone goes and takes it, and it's gone. Wrong so you say to yourself... 9 a.m. everything's sold out. Okay, so exactly. Let's say your minion is 9 a.m. Let's say you daven at 9 a.m. chakras. Maybe I'll go 7 a.m., get my food for Shabbos, and the daven chakras. <laughs> now, halachically speaking, as we learned this as in Volume 9, but we learned in Hilchah of you know, before chakras one is not allowed to engage in other activities prior to putting on to saying tefillah in the morning. So thus, on Erev Shabbos, may a person purchase goods for Shabbos or engage in other Shabbos preparations, which may be considered the labor of heaven. Right? So we're not talking about business. We're talking about preparing for Shabbos. So one is for Hashem, the other one is for Hashem. So seemingly speaking, logically speaking, there wouldn't be an issue. The brachas could be considered tefillah. Well, the brachas on the food? No, you can say brachos in the morning. Oh, brachos and then go. Yeah. No, but I think, so the point of this halacha, which tells you the rationale behind it, is not even practically speaking. We're more speaking about the holiness of preparing for Shabbos is something holy itself. That's what he's trying to bring out. It's not saying, right, let's say you could put on tefillah in the morning. Saying when you go, this is a beautiful idea he's saying, is that when you go and you buy a nice piece of something for Shabbos, that is a mitzvah. That's a, that is a mitzvah. When you go and you say, oh, this wine I'm going to have on Shabbos, not to impress my friend. Because it's Shabbos, that's a holy thing. So he's saying over here, so it's like we're still by the question. So similarly, if someone has set a Torah study session on Friday morning, should this be canceled in order to go shopping for Shabbos? So the Mishnah Brewer distinguishes between cases in which supplies for Shabbos can be found in abundance and cases in which there may be a limited supply of the items one needs. In the former, one should daven or study first, while in the latter, one may go shopping first. So if there is a specific dish that's going to be sold out, over here he's saying, yes, you should go first and get your special dish for Shabbos, and then do your chavrusa or your tefillah, whatever it is. So what does the halacha say today about when a person should make purchases for Shabbos? So in Shmira Shabbos Kehilchasa, by Rav Yeshua Nurith, he says, it's proper to do one Shabbos shopping on Friday, since it is more recognizable that it's being done for Shabbos. So ideally, you want to shop as close to Shabbos as possible. And generally speaking, I don't know if you ever walked around the piano or Shabbos. I'm sure most of us have. It does. It brings an atmosphere. And that, to me, is one of the most beautiful parts of living in Israel, Yerushalayim, is that like Arab Shabbos is an atmosphere. It's not just, a, you know, you feel like in America a little bit, okay, Friday, the weekend. Over here, it's like you see people going around. Maybe people are going to see their grandkids. It's in Avir in the, in the air. It's something you don't have anywhere. It's beautiful. And that's what he's talking about. You want there to be an atmosphere before Shabbos comes in. Um, 
And then he says, okay, if you're making a very large purchase, make it on a Wednesday or Thursday. But ideally, to do something, Arab Shabbos, whatever. I personally, myself, just saying an example, I always shop on Wednesday. Because first of all, I know the Agmas Nefesh I have going to Osherad on Friday is not worth it. The, the trauma and the therapy. What? Or Sarusi, yes. The trauma and therapy is not worth it. So what I do is I shop everything, excuse me, everything uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Because then the store is empty. You go Tuesday, Wednesday morning, it's pretty empty. And then I get one dish that's like a main dish on Friday morning. Like, I don't know if anybody knows about the fish guy. Now he's in Miluim, so we don't have our fish guy. But he makes, he has the freshest fish. Which guy? His name is Isaac. Where is it? It's a little store in Norda. He has fresh fish. You could get full fillets of fish. Amazing. So he, I get salmon from him. So him, like that dish, I always get fried. Not by Osherad. Not by What do you mean? Oh, there's another fish guy? Yeah. And he's not a Miluim? No. Okay, so we have another fish guy. <laughs> no, so he's, this fish guy who's usually here, it's right here. It's like a, a three-minute drive. Into Nordell. No, it's like in, what? No, it's called uh, Yosef Hadayag or something. Hadayag. Oh, Bracha Bedagim. Yeah, it's called Bracha Bedagim. Bracha Bedagim. He's a big French guy, really nice guy, and he has the best fish and like real, like he'll get fresh tuna, fresh fillets. He'll like skin it for you on the spot. Like really cool. Yeah, sushi grade. Raw. You can eat it raw, no problem. Yeah, we usually eat it raw. That's why I go to him. You can buy the fillet and it's much cheaper, but him, you can eat it raw. So it's really, so that I always buy Friday morning. For that reason also, we eat it raw. It's called Bracha Bedagim, but he's not in right now because he's in Miluim. He's sending videos of tanks and everything. He's, so God willing, this war is over. We got our fish guy back ASAP. That's what we need. Um, yeah, not so, only for the fish. Not only for the fish. Yes, not only for the fish. He's sending videos every day of them firing from the tanks. It's, you need to have the address in Google Maps because it's not like a central, it's like on a street in Nordau that you need to know exactly where you're going. It's not like a, you can't just bump into it. But once you find it, then yes, you're in Gan Eden. <laughs> then he speaks about tasting the Shabbos food, okay? This is a very, that's what I was talking about. This is a really good halacha to be machmir on. I don't think always your wife will love this halacha, but it's something which, tasting the Shabbos food. The Mishnah Brewer writes in the name of the Arizal that a person should taste the Shabbos foods on Friday to assure that they have been prepared and flavored properly. Um, that's it. That's the whole halacha. That you just go and whatever is being cooked, kogo, whatever, we take a little piece. We actually have a custom that we get extra food and Friday afternoon we have some food from Shabbos. Then he says, personally preparing for Shabbos. Okay, this is interesting and very practical to us as well. So far, we've been discussing a number of guidelines with respect to the mitzvah of Shabbos preparation. A person might expect that these halachot relate only to verifying that the necessary tasks are completed. However, the Gemara and Mesechta's Kiddushin intimates that while the halacha normally allows one individual to perform any mitzvah on behalf of others, it is still a greater mitzvah to perform the, these tasks oneself. The Gemara then cites specific examples of certain Amaroyim who prepared, excuse me, the needs of Shabbos themselves, even though they could have left these tasks to household servants. So this basically means if you have a cleaning lady or if your wife always prepares for Shabbos, it's a mitzvah for you to personally roll up your sleeves and get involved. So I know a lot of men, they make a chalant or they make, you know, one dish, a kugel. Some men are great cooks. They cook everything. It's a mitzvah to personally get involved and not to leave it up to your cleaning lady 
or to your whoever it is in your house making the Shabbos food, to make the Shabbos food yourself. And it speaks about different Amarayim over here. It brings the examples of Rav Yosef, Rav Safra. He would actually, it says Rav Safra, who would himself singe the head of an animal on Shabbos Eve to prepare it to be eaten on Shabbos. And Rava, who would salt a turboat fish himself. Which means they literally, they would roll up their sleeves, these Amarayim, these big Tamidei Chachamim, and they would be preparing food for Shabbos because of the holiness of what that means. Rashi explains that the notion of a greater mitzvah indicates greater reward. And that this is a function of greater personal investment. Which basically means when you're rolling up your sleeves, you're showing Hashem, you're putting personal investment into the food. You're not just sitting there waiting for everything to come, you're getting involved in it. You barbecue, whatever it is. Um, then the Gemara indicates that every person should actively participate in the preparations for Shabbos, as this is the greater form of performing the mitzvah. However, according to a well-known halachic principle, one is not supposed to stop studying Torah to perform a mitzvah that could be performed by someone else. If so... Why did the Amaroyim refrain from spending extra time learning Torah in order to prepare for Shabbos if others could have done so instead? Which means when you're talking about Torah giants who could have been learning 24-7 and they're stopping to, to, to cut off the head of an animal, why did they have their servant do it? So the Shah Hatzion responds, Oseg means a positive mitzvah, but only if that mitzvah that you're Oseg in could not be done by someone else. Oh, you're saying, okay, let's see what he says. So the Sharat Tzion responds to this question with two different suggestions. So number one, he says, specifically for a mitzvah that's not incumbent upon oneself. And number two, he says, specifically concerning Kavot Shabbos, that we say this, that it is weighty. Which means, the first answer he says is that if a mitzvah is on yourself, then you shouldn't give it to someone else. The second answer he says, tells you about what it means, how amazing Shabbos is. Is that Shabbos, he almost implies, is an exception to this rule. That even if you could be learning Torah, Shabbos goes above that. And that's what's crazy. Like these halachot of Shabbos, why it's such a massive part of the Torah, is that it's a big, 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 big deal. And I think in general, I forgot who, I, we keep bringing this up because I thought it was such a fantastic line. I think it was Rav Weiss. We were saying he has a whole shear about not serving halacha and serving Hashem. So I think what's happened is, is we've become so into halacha and knowing the rules and the guidelines and the loopholes and everything, we sort of forgot the gishmak of like, oh, we want to do something. Shabbos is not supposed to be a day of rules and how can we get around all the rules? Like, oh, I can't do this, but I can do this to get through that. It should be a day that you're excited to get into it. You know, get into the vibe of Shabbos and that's why a lot of people, they have extra things that they don't do because they want Shabbos to be, I think Mordechai ben David, if I'm not mistaken. Mordechai ben David, what? He doesn't talk. He doesn't talk, he doesn't talk on Shabbos. He only talks words of Torah. Shabbos Mordechai ben David. David. What? He doesn't He doesn't talk on Shabbos. Meaning, I know this for pleasure and enjoyment. You'd think, okay, talking. But he, for him, it's an extra chumrah he does. He doesn't talk on Shabbos. Shabbos is only, only says words of Torah or davening. He's a great guest. What? Yeah. He doesn't talk. He's white, but that's not. So may, he... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't talk. Yeah, he doesn't talk. There are people Every week, every week, for 24 hours. And by the way, I, I've met MBD. He's not a guy, meaning he's not an antisocial guy. He's a very charismatic, you know, personality. And he takes a day, he doesn't talk. Does Only words of Torah. What? He sings Miros. Yeah, yeah, no. He, anything that's holy, he does. He sings Miros. He, he, he davins. He learns Torah. He'll talk when he's learning Torah. But he won't have conversation. He won't sit and, and just, you know. I think by his Shabbos table, he's talking, but it's only Divrei Torah. 
And he's very careful about it. Like you said, I've heard it's like a legendary thing. He's really careful about it. He's right. by a neighbor of mine, who's a good friend of his from the way back. And he goes, Yeah, and it's pretty amazing because also, and it's not, that, but I, what I know about MBD, and one of the things I'm a huge fan of MBD, is that if you look at him today, if you see him also on Shabbos when he releases his payas, he has very long payas. You, you think, oh, maybe he comes from like some insular, like whatever. He, in his whole uh, journey of fame, went around to many, you know, he, he knows the world. He knows the world very well. He's not a guy who just comes from like, you know, under a rock somewhere. And he, and this is the path he took. I think he's a fascinating, he's an amazing guy. And on a separate note, I was in the Gali Tzans the other day. I think he does talk on Shabbos, but I bumped into Dudu Fisher. So maybe if you go to Tzans 10.30, say hi to Dudu. He's there getting his kogel. <laughs> he lives in the Seasons Hotel. Oh, yeah? I don't know. He has a apartment Very nice. Yeah. And some guy bought him food. I remember that also. We were in line. All of a sudden, the guy said, oh, his bill is taken care of. Very nice. So he says like this. Um... <coughs> Okay, Mishnah Brewer says you should help specifically at Shabbos afternoon. However, at times, some men have refrained from engaging in these preparations. What? Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos. Yeah, Erev Shabbos you should make an effort into, as he often does, the Aruch HaShulchan finds a justification for these people's actions. He explains that as the Shulchan Aruch writes merely that one should try, it would seem that preparing for Shabbos oneself constitutes a Hidr mitzvah, but is not necessarily an obligation, which means to actually need to prepare for Shabbos, you don't need to. It's a hidr mitzvah. It's an extra thing which is very, very commendable to be involved in the preparations for Shabbos. What? Kiyomis. Yeah. And you don't have to also, like, it doesn't have to be something crazy. If you don't know how to cook or you never were involved in cooking, if you go and walk to Deli Vino and buy a nice bottle of wine and you pick it out or something, that's, you know, you're doing something that's preparing for Shabbos. What? <laughs> Rav Yair Bachrach asks in his Chovot Yair how prominent individuals are permitted to help prepare for Shabbos if some of the tasks they perform are degrading to their honor. Isn't there a rule that Kavot HaBriot overrides a rabbinic prohibition? The Bir Halacha resolves that this question by saying that any action done in the course of clearly performing a mitzvah, such as preparing for Shabbos, is considered honoring Hashem and not a degradation to Kavot HaBriot, which means even a man which is of a stature where maybe he never lifted a finger in his whole life and he has servants running his whole house and he's a king. If he's doing something for Hashem, we say no matter what he's doing, you can't say it's not Kavod Abriot. To be preparing for Shabbos, we say that's something which is uh, not degrading. It can never be degrading. So today it may be that many more individuals engage in housework and preparations for Shabbos than in previous years. The issue of Kavod Abriot, oh, so what he's saying now is that today this whole discussion of Kavod Abriot is not relevant because today we have, our society is very different used to be the woman would only, like we spoke about earlier in the Gemara, that the woman would do this and the man would do this and we were very black and white. It's not like that today at all. And uh, so that's what the, the reality is today. We're going to end off Hilcha Shabbos. The last piece over here, very short, is when it comes to eating a meal on Friday. What he basically goes through over here is that the Gemara in Mesechtas Pesachim excuse me, says that one of the ways that we prepare for Shabbos is not by eating during the day. Yes. So this is a very practical lava. Yes. Beis of Manal. Oh. Yeah, he, wow. Shopping Makoros over here. <laughs> he says, what we got to do to prepare for Shabbos. So this is a halacha. This is not a, uh, like, you know, nice thing. This is talking about real practical halacha of what we do Arab Shabbos, how we act when it comes to meals. 
So to avoid a situation, like Hershey said, of desecrating the Shabbos and to assure that the needs of Shabbos will be in place. As part of the general goal to make Shabbos enjoyable and special, Chazal discussed whether a person must refrain from eating a large meal on Friday afternoon and compromise his appetite, right? What? Yeah, he is over here. He says, He has a, he has a desire. So although it would seem that it's forbidden to eat only according to Rabbi Yehuda, meaning in the, in the, the Gemara, there's a machlokus between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yehuda is the opinion that says you should not eat. So seemingly you say, okay, maybe that's just his opinion. The Gemara and Mesech des comes along and relates that a certain family suffered because of the way they would eat on Erev Shabbos, which means they received a punishment. That because for some reason every Erev Shabbos this family would have a feast, the Gemara said they received a punishment for that behavior. That they would go into Shabbos, they were already satiated, they were already not excited anymore. So Rashi cites, Rashi cites two ways to explain the meaning of the eve of Shabbos in this Gemara. According to the second interpretation, it refers to Erev Shabbos, meaning Friday during the day before the onset of Shabbos. According to this, one may not eat in such a way as to be full when Shabbos begins. Now a custom, which I guess we'll speak about more when we get to the practical part in a minute, that has become very prevalent today, you could call it a bane, you could call it a oneg, I'm not sure what the words, that people have Arab Shabbos like barbecue and drinking. I don't know if you ever saw this before. Yes. So, yes, so in Chabad, amongst Bachrim, amongst Yeshiva Bachrim, the originator of this custom is actually from Detroit, Rabbi Gerari, in the Detroit Yeshiva over there. Rabbi Gerari, what he basically wanted to do is he wanted to make it that you go into Shabbos with a fabrengen. So he would sit down, Erev Shabbos, they would start an hour before, and it was called a Beinash Mashos, because it started by Beinash Mashos, and then it went into Shabbos. So this, when you're speaking about halakhically speaking, it's important, the food aspect of it. If a person is going to eat at, I don't know what, Shabbos comes in at 7, and you have something at 5, it became a big thing that people don't even know the halacha that you could have a whole feast and you get schnitzel and, and, and meat and this and that and then it's a problem halachically speaking and he's going to explain now what's the issue that because then you're full and then when it comes to your Friday meal you're like oh I already ate and I already drank and everything and now you have a big problem halachically speaking not hidr mitzvah very important it's got to start earlier it's got to start earlier exactly for the morning <laughs> yes yes no exactly so he says, notably, these sources do not spell out exactly what kind of eating may be problematic, but it does not seem that a person is encouraged to fast every Erev Shabbat. Accordingly, the Rambam describes three categories of eating and delicacies and delineates the halachic status of each. So now the Rambam comes along and he says exactly what is allowed and what is not allowed. So it's very clear, black and white. So he says like this, Rambam, it is forbidden to plan a feast and wine fest for Friday. Period. From the morning to the evening, you cannot have a feast. Anything that would look like a feast, and he adds wine fest. So it's a feast with drinking and everything like we're describing this pain. If it's a feast, it's also the entire day. No time of the day is it allowed. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's a brit milah or sodat mitzvah, unless it's something like that. If it's a regular feast, typical bane. What about toamel? There's a toamel. So that's the thing. It's a fine line. And it's your own personal judgment. It's a fine line, you know. It's a fine line of to'ameha and a feast. That's the, the thing over here he's discussing. So one may eat or drink until nightfall, which means we don't, there's no halakhic, uh, obviously, prohibition to fast. But a person should refrain from having a, nor, a formal meal from mid-afternoon and thereafter, so that he will, eat, he will enter Shabbos with an appetite. 
So the Rambam puts it very simple. The Magad Mishnah explains the different categories that are implicit in the formulation of the Rambam and their source. So over here, very simple three categories. He says like this. Number one, a meal exceptionally larger than one's usual meal. That's the English words we're going to put for it. A meal exceptionally larger than one's usual meal, forbidden the entire day. A regular meal, it is a mitzvah to refrain from the ninth halachic hour. So over here, it's very important to hear the words that he's using. Is it forbidden? No, it's not forbidden. An exceptionally large meal is forbidden the entire Friday. It's not forbidden. You should try not to sit down and have your usual meal from the ninth halachic hour, Shaudzmaniot, which is a whole how we divide Shaudzmaniot. It doesn't mean 9.30 a.m. It means you divide the day into 12 parts and this and that. Okay? From the ninth halachic hour and on until Shabbos, snacks and a small meal is permitted the entire day. Very simple. And the Shulchan Aruch comes along. This is from the Rambam. The Shulchan Aruch comes along and gives a psaq like the Rambam that says this is the three categories that we must keep. The Primagodim comes along and he suggests a slightly different reason for the halacha in this view. When someone has a meal on Friday, this um, equates it with and demeans the Shabbos itself, which means it, he, the Primagodim says when somebody sits down and has a meal, it's a direct, it's not just, there's a way to look at it, oh, as you sit down and have a meal, and then the outcome is going to take away from Shabbos. The Primagodim says, no, no, it's not even the outcome. The Primagodim says when you sit down and have a meal, you're directly embarrassing Shabbos. Not even later on that you're going to be hungry. After the Tesha Shemot Shemot Manios, or having a very large feast at any time of the day. Because, yeah, both of them, both those two categories. Because, and the reason why that's relevant is because someone could say, okay, I'm a big guy, I eat, and I'm going to be fine. I'll eat again a whole meal in two hours, no big deal. Don't worry about my appetite. He's saying, no, no, no. He's saying the feast is directly taking away from Shabbos' honor. Because, you know, it's like watching a Super Bowl before the Super Bowl, and then you're already, you know, you just you killed the whole thing. You're not excited anymore. Yeah, it's a bizarre to the Shabbos meal. So the Magin Avram, citing Rabbeinu Hananel, offers a third reason, according to which eating a meal will detract one's attention from Shabbos preparation. So if you're sitting and eating a meal, you can't be preparing for Shabbos properly. The Ramah comes along and says, not that only a voluntary meal is restricted on Friday, like you said, but not a Sudas Mitzvah. If you have a bris, if you have a Pidyanah Ben, if you have a Sudas Mitzvah for somebody having their Sudas Mitzvah of a Sudas Haidah, any of those types of things, then we say, okay, that does that is allowed on Arab Shabbos. But you can still, should you do it earlier in the day? Like yes, practice? yeah, yeah, you should try to do it as early as possible. Yeah, as early as possible so that it doesn't conflict with the meal on Shabbos. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to stop here for Hilcha Shabbos for today. Um, let me pause this.